Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Here is Strudwick in Nebraska. Nebraska throwing the rights. Two big boys standing up in the spot. Oh, big left hand from Louis Nebraska. He drops Strudwick. Strudwick's a little wobbly going over to the penalty box. He looks like he's okay, though. Oh, he's That's fine. Good news. Trust me, he's fine. That's from March 11th, 2000. One of 100, exactly 100 NHL fights. Featuring my next guest, my good friend, one of my all-time favorite athletes, Jason Strudwick, checking in. Jason, it's Reed. How's it going? Yeah, great way to start our relationship up here. You know what? Louis DeBrusque, he jumped me. I, I say that I was minding my own business, just trying to go out there and score. You know I like to score, Reed. And then this guy just jumps me from behind and manhandles me. I was just a rookie. I think I was only like 22 or 23, buddy. You were just a young man. Yes, that was like uh, we're only your second full season in the National Hockey yeah. League. And big yeah. mean, have you? did you guys ever talk about that later well, thought, on well, post-retirement? I told him and his son that his, he jumped me. And I said, you know what? I, I was I was just innocently minding my own business. Yeah, maybe I slashed him. You know, who knows if it was intentional or not. But unfortunately, these things happen, right? And we, it's water under the bridge now. But don't let him tell you he didn't jump me because he jumped me. <laughs> He was scared. <laughs> you, so you've heard, uh, so you had 100 fights. Rob Brown had 14. And I always say he won all of them except for the one that gets all the play. The down oh, goes around. But like Brownie said, like if he fought, he was mad. And he doesn't understand these guys that go to the penalty box and like nod at each other and say, hey, good job. Like what percentage of your 100 were you actually really mad? Uh, not all of them. Some are just business, you know, you had to just do it. <laughs> um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of times for me, you know, you try to build up, you know, maybe there's nothing going on in the game. So you try to build up a little, a little emotion for your team or even just for yourself. Maybe you're not playing well. Um, you know, there was times I'd come back from injury. I just wanted to make sure I was okay. Like everything, they all kind of had their own thing, but there, there was quite a few where I was mad, you know, you get hit. Uh, there was a flying elbow, and I, I hated when guys hit me from behind or flying elbows. So that's when I was coming. It didn't really matter the score. I was coming. So uh, and, and I'm just looking back on your stats. Like, you had a lot of penalty minutes in, in junior as well, still in kind of that early to mid-'90s era where there was still more scoring and maybe even more fighting. But, like, did you have to tactically change anything about how you fought once you became a pro? Yeah, I had to learn how to not lose, right? So... <laughs> You know, in junior, to give you an idea, my first year, I think I maybe had like maybe eight or nine fights, but the stick boy had like 13 that year, you know? So like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I remember I fought Rocky Thompson, my first fight. And I think he was, I thought he was punching me. The ref was punching me. Like everyone was felt like it was punching me. So, uh, you know, I was big and I could kind of, I was like a bear mauling someone, right? I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I got to pro and, uh, you know, I had learned, you know, I was now fighting guys that were 30 and they were just whipping me. So I think my 
first year in the minors, I maybe had 20, 22, 23 fights, and I lost them all. But then I'm like, I got to figure this out. So then you kind of go back and. I, you know, I kind of thought about what it went right and what went wrong. And then the next year, when I was 21, I started doing better. And then by the time I was 22, I, I kind of, I was pretty, pretty good at it. Uh, but then you just kind of get your confidence in the way you want to fight, right? Because you can, you can dictate the pace of a fight. Um, you know, maybe not against, you know, Tony Twist, but against guys like me, you can kind of, you know, like a Brad Brown, you could kind of dictate how you wanted to fight the fight. And I was strong enough then I became a man and you kind of did it your way. So how much mentorship is there? Uh, and, and look, I know we're kind of in a different era, but there still is, is fighting. Yeah. But like, did, did you rely on anybody? I mean, I hope you weren't going to the broadcasters for advice on how to fight or they weren't offering any. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but yeah. did you yeah. like, could, would, would, would other guys be like, okay, Struts, hang on, man. Like, let's, let's, like, I know you can't practice a fight, but what kind of advice would you, yeah. would you get if any? Yeah, so you, you know what? The one thing I'd always do is I'd make sure I knew if the guy was a lefty or a righty. So going to every game, anyone who might fight, I was like, okay, lefty or righty. That's really what I wanted to know because I was a lefty. So I want to know if I could, if I would work against them. If not, I had maybe fight as a righty, whatever. Um, but then, you know, I, you, you can talk about it, but until you're actually in it, you don't really know. You know, it's, uh, it was that Mike Tyson said that everyone's got a plan right. to get punched in the face. And, you know, until you really start going through it, you know, you don't really know. And I had a guy in junior help me. He said, you know, you just got to see through the punches. I'm like, what? <laughs> see through the punches. I'm a mom. I'm a good looking guy. My mom tells me that all the time. And then, you know, you're trying to, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So you kind of got to go through it. And then you do start to understand, like seeing through the punches means you got to eat a few to give a few, you know? Uh, but then you look who you're fighting. If you're fighting a guy with really heavy, like, George the Rock, you don't want to eat those punches, right? You want to get out of the way or just hold on like you're riding a, a big bull. Um, but then some other guys who maybe like you, you're willing to eat a few. It's just, you know, I, I wasn't that guy that I'm, I, I wasn't going out there trying to kill everyone. I just wanted to try to let them know that what they were doing wasn't acceptable. And then, yeah, so I was happy with ties. You know, not great with losses. Wins were a bonus. Yeah, a, a fascinating part of the game. Uh, you know, a part of the game that is... Uh, Maybe slowly going away, but but oh, yeah. but it's still it's still out there for sure, and it it is you you know uh, like I don't think I. Uh, like I don't, I, I I hope people don't think like I'm celebrating fighting, but I do think some of the best stories come from guys who had to fight. Like I'm not trying to promote fighting or take a stance on it by talking about it, but but a lot of times the guys who fought have the best stories because they totally were doing something different than everybody else was doing in the game that still impacted the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, like, yeah, you know, you hear about guys that have some concussion issues, and I'm fortunate I don't have any. Um, you know, and I, I was, like I said, I, I kind of fought a style that wasn't wide open. Um, but, you know, for the guys that are struggling, I, I hate to hear that. But a lot of times there are funny stories around it. You know, like, you know, he'd, he'd be, you know, worried about fighting this guy or worried about fighting that guy, and then it would happen, and then you're like, okay, well, I can't believe this has happened. I didn't die. Or, like, and it, it was, and people like hearing about it. You know, it's just saying what it's two guys in front of 20,000 people fighting. Like, it's crazy. And, I mean, fighting is leaving. And, you know, when I grew up, my idols were like Mark Messi and Wendell Clark and Bob Probert. Now my kids love Austin Matthew, Connor McDavid, and Kale McCarr. Like, so combining their career, those three guys might have three fights over their 
you know, they're going to play 50 years in the NHL, you know? So it's changing a lot. And so people that want to legislate out of the game, you don't need to. Just look at what kids are watching now. They're watching Instagram for the moves that kids are doing. They're not looking for fights. There's no rock'em, sock'em Jason Strudwick videos out there like Don Cherry, right? They, they are watching skilled players, and that's what they want to become. And I coach kids, you know, all year round from – four up to 18 and no one is talking about fighting like we did when we played at that age. When you went to Switzerland, uh, I guess about 15 or 16 years ago, uh, was there any fighting and was even body contact a little different? Yeah, there was some fighting. I mean, but like, I never, I never had a problem. Like I, I was just like, guys, this isn't happening. Um, but there was a couple fights, but you know, I was, I was dirty. Like I, you know, that was my game, you know, and I still think that, that intimidation is part of the game. It's different now because there's nothing to worry about. You don't have to fight anybody, right? So you flash guys or you, you know you hit guys. And over there, I was very dirty with my stick uh, up to the point where you okay, he's not going to call that. Oh, he's going to call that one, Cal. All right, so we we do have uh, obviously some uh, some thunderstorms here rolling through, uh, you know, south of Edmonton down towards uh, Red Deer. So we're having these emergency alerts on tonight. So if you're in those areas, especially, uh, good that those are getting out there to you, and hope uh, you are you're in a safe spot for sure. As Jason Strudwick joins us tonight on Inside Sports, Jason, thanks for sharing those stories. Hey, good to talk to you again. You have been on this show uh, off and on over the years because at times you have worked for uh, competitive broadcasters, so you weren't able to come on uh you know i've had gregor in and uh, and dusty in uh, you know ha, ha, like they kind of said they weren't surprised but it's still tough uh when 1260 got the news how have you been dealing yeah. with it yeah i know you know i think there's been other other stations that shut down across the bell network and uh or tsn network and it, it's disappointing and you know i think yourself bob all the guys are uh 630 chat and then those of us that were at TSM at the time, we were really proud of what we did, right? We were part of the sporting community. Um, and now it's left a hole, right, in, in that community uh, or in that sporting community. So it's it's too bad. Uh, you know, it's, it's but it's just the way it is. I have no hard feelings or bad feelings. I loved that. I was, you know, I was lucky. I was, they gave me a second career. Uh, now I'm involved in a lot of things that are that are fun um, and and coaching and, and it's it's been great. So yeah, it's too bad, but you know for the listeners, uh, they have uh, you know they've got to find some other avenues to 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 get their fix. Yeah, and there. I mean, I hope people keep coming here, obviously. But there's of there course, are yeah. there are ways to do that. But I, I was disappointed, obviously, when when you when you guys went for sure. Uh, okay, let's touch on a couple other things. I I, I thought of you yesterday. Well, I often think of you, Jason, because you're, yeah. you're a bit of an inspiration, as you know. But I, but I specifically thought of you yesterday because I was interviewing Milt Stiegel, and I, I played this clip again in the first half hour of the show. And I said, you know, the, the Elks can't win a game. Like, just does doubt start to creep in? And he said, well, he said, I played on a really bad team in Winnipeg in 97. They went 4-14. Four and 14. And Milt said... Guys start just looking out for themselves. Just get the paycheck, yeah. stay healthy. Who am I going to play for next year? And I remember you telling me, like, you like you knew some guy. I don't know if you did it yourself, but maybe you can elaborate. Like, if you're on a bad – like, you, you had guys or, or you did it that were literally ca- counting how many shifts they had left oh, in yeah. the season? Yeah. Oh, I had. I was me. That was yeah. me. I, okay. I counted how many shifts I had. It was twenty games. I played like about twenty shifts a game. You know, uh, and uh, so you go try twenty. It's four hundred shifts. <laughs> And this is when it's really bad, right? But, I mean, it doesn't mean you don't try, right? So I tried. I was, I could not, like, my I could, my internal being, I'm not wired that I don't try. So I tried hard. But I had teammates who wouldn't try or guys who would, you know, pull up with a lame back all of a sudden. They got a bad back. 
which is always suspicious, right? When you <laughs> like one day you're fine, the next day you got a bad back. Um, so that was frustrating. But you know, that when you're on a poor team, the hardest thing is to create energy. You know, and I feel for the Elks. They're just, I, I you know, some people want to beat them up and make fun. I, I have no, none of those feelings. I feel so badly for those group of people, the coaches, because you're trying hard, but nothing's going your way. And oftentimes it's three steps forward, three st- or two steps back, right? Or even four steps back. So, you know, it's, you've, you've got to try to find a way some to, to, to get some emotion, some positive emotion going. I think that this break comes at a good time. You know, I know there's been some changes in the coaching staff, but you come back refreshed and say, guys, what's happened? We can't control that. We can't happen or control now what happens, you know, moving forward. Um, and, and you just try to find anything positive and, and just try to build that, that spirit, that camaraderie. And you can, it's hard to dig out after this many losses, but you got to believe that you can. Otherwise, unfortunately, Reed, it could get worse. Well, and that's the scary thing, right? Like Dave and I have said that to each other. We, we, there's a couple times we've thought that's rock bottom, and then something yeah, worse yeah. happens. And I will say this: I like I've criticized Cornelius. I mean, I have to tell people what I see and what I think on this show. But I felt bad for him on Saturday that they kept him in the yeah. whole game. Like you could tell his. I don't think his confidence was shattered. I think his confidence was obliterated by the time that game ended. Yeah, and that's and, and that's so. Whose job is that to prop them up, right? That's you need teammates, maybe a coach, um, because it's it's easy to be negative. And I'm not I'm not. This is an indictment of the Elks and their coaching staff or players, but it is easy to be to be to to, to, to be negative. But you got to find a way to get some kind of positivity. It's hard when when fans are booing you and you know you look up the scoreboard and you just broke a record. Unfortunately, it's not a positive one and. You look at the scoreboard and you're shut out twice by the same team in a year. Like it, it's really hard. Um, and listen, I'm not saying they can turn around and win the rest of their games, but without any kind of positive energy or, or someone trying to be positive and trying to recruit other players, it can go really bad because you're right. You know, players will start playing from the cells. They won't take that extra hit to make a play or give a hit to finish a play because they don't want to get hurt. And I get it. They're protecting their well-being. But good teams, they do that. But they're winning, and so it's contagious, just like it is the other way when you're losing. Brian McLeod got the two-year deal for uh, for $2.1 million. Uh, how big is that for a player to not go to arbitration? I think arbitration is a real negative um, or can be a real negative process for a player. And I think it's healthy that he did not go to that point, especially when you look at the term, you know, what was right what we were looking at, we're, we, you know, we weren't looking at what they had going on at Anaheim with uh, Troy Terry it was 4.5 for the player or the team and 8 million for the player. They got it done at seven. I know today, but we, you know, we were talking about a few hundred thousand dollars, which I know is a lot of money, but you know, when you're dealing with salary cap, it's not of $80 million. It's not huge amount. So I'm glad they got it done. And now for Ryan, he's got to find a way to get, um, you know, to keep growing. You know, Connor McDavid spoke the other day at Sackheimer tournament about they got to have internal growth. This is the guy I'm looking at. He needs internal growth. He has to continue to bring more to the game. And I'd like to see him drive the puck harder to the net, use his speed, both off the rush and out of the corners, right? These are things that he can do um, because it's the same team and they didn't win the Stanley Cup next last year. So they all have to improve by even a few percentage points over the course of a whole season with everyone doing that has a big impact. I like how you put that. The fact that it's the same team, you could look at it as both a positive and a negative. I mean, they were, what, sixth overall? They went 14-0-1. It's the same team. That's great. Oh, they didn't beat the team that won the Stanley Cup. So so it can't be exactly the same team because that still might not be good enough. I I like how you put that for sure. All right, Jason, 
this was awesome to have you on the show. You're you're always very uh, kind to me, and I, I love when you come on and and, uh, and tell stories. And uh, I know I'm going to see you around this summer, and I'll be seeing you around the rink in the fall. So thank you very much for being so generous with your time, man. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you anytime. That is uh, one of my favorites, Jason Strudwick, the former Edmonton Oiler, former NHLer. 674 games in the NHL, 811 penalty minutes. I was telling you, exactly 100 fights. Okay, that was fun. On a uh, more serious note, you've heard the emergency alerts. Uh, Phil Darlington, the uh, weather specialist over at Global, I'm keeping an eye on his Twitter account. Uh, We have a tornado warning. I don't know if I'm going to get all the areas or if this is a complete list, but hopefully this gives everybody a general idea. Tornado warning for Brazo County. Uh, Clearwater County, Sunchild Cree Reservation, and parts of Yellowhead County, the county of Wetaskiwin near Alder Flats and Winfield just a couple minutes ago added to the tornado warning. So this is an actual tornado warning, not a watch, a, uh, a tornado warning for the areas that I listed off. Uh, again, we'll keep you updated here on 630 Chet, and I'm, I'm sure some more uh, emergency alerts will hop on as well. It's Inside Sports. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Yeah, of course, it is Inside Sports, but just keeping an eye on the uh, on the weather as, as well today, I guess uh, a bit to the southwest of uh, Edmonton, and you've heard some emergency alerts pop up during the show here, and I'm just watching the uh, Twitter account of Phil Darlington, my colleague over at Global Television, so it is a tornado warning for uh, Brazo County, Clearwater County near Sunchild Cree, parts of Yellowhead County, and then a few minutes ago, uh, the county of Wetaskiwin near Alder Flats and Winfield added to the uh, tornado warning. So take shelter if you are in those areas. You probably can look skyward and see what's uh, going on. So I hope everybody's safe or getting to a safe place as there is a tornado warning for those areas. Good to have Jason Strudwick on the show. The uh, Blue Jays leading Baltimore 2-1 in the bottom of the sixth. And the Blue Jays have the bases loaded with two outs. So trying to add to that lead. 780-496-0063. Kellen, give me uh, one or two before we go to the news. You got it. A couple of Elks-related texts to take us to the news break here. We've got Big Blue texting in. says maybe the only smart thing Chris Jones has said all season was what he said the coach's salary cap is hurting the league having a cap on players makes sense but why coaches it just prevents the bad teams from climbing out of trouble well uh chris jones uh, i believe he said that he feels it's it's hurting the quality of play around the league which is probably a fair point um the irony of this is is that the coach's cap exists in large part because when chris jones was in saskatchewan he had such a large coaching staff and uh, Teeb said, you know, we can't, uh, Saskatchewan being one of them, said we can't have this many coaches. We can't afford to pay all of them. Uh, and now it's hurting teams, including uh, Chris Jones's uh, current team. I do hope they get rid of that, though. I don't know if that's really necessary. 
We're going to have some uh, fun with uh, a play-by-play -play voice from the National Hockey League coming up next.